Good afternoon, and welcome to the premiere of Life Grooves, the show where we explore Philadelphians' lives through their favorite music. You're listening to us live on G-Town Radio, WGGT, the voice of Germantown. It's found at 92.9 on the FM dial and worldwide at gtownradio.com. I'm your host, Suzanne B. Miller. Thanks for listening in for the next hour of great music and great conversation. I'm pleased to introduce our first guest for our premiere radio show, uh, George Jackson. For the last 13 years, George has been doing teacher union media and communications work, first for the American Federation of Teachers in Washington, D.C., and more recently for the Philadelphia Federation of Teachers here in Philadelphia. These experiences have given him lots of insights into the importance of the labor movement here in the United States and internationally, and the need for mobilization around other social justice causes. Before moving to D.C. in 1999, George did community development work for the People's Emergency Center and even did a little radio on the side, which I think we're going to talk about at some point during Absolutely. the next hour. Yeah, Hi, George. And uh, we should say his interest in music started as an early age and bloomed into a passion in the fifth grade where he started learning to play the drums and did a very brief stint in a rock band in high school. Very brief. <laughs> he learned the basics of DJing in college. And it's a pastime he's pursued more regularly since moving back to Philadelphia about five years ago. So, George, welcome. Thank you so much for being here Thank today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Going down in history as the inaugural live guest. This is awesome. We should say this is live. So yes. when mistakes happen and they are going to happen at some point. That's um, what makes it art. There you go. Yeah, Thank mistakes. You. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous, but since you're the pro at DJing, I know you're going to walk me through this, and, and we're going to have a fun hour. It's funny. I don't talk much when I DJ, actually. <laughs> I actually don't even bring out the microphone, usually. Uh, so, well, you're going to talk today, though, because yes, the guest. Yes, that absolutely. is your role, is yes. to bring context absolutely. to your music. And um, the, as you know, the premise of the show is that we ask guests to bring their top ten favorite songs of all times. Um, and play them, but also have the guests then talk about why this music means something to them. So why don't we start off with just a question about music in general. You sure. obviously filled your life with music. Why is that? Yeah, again, it's always, it's was always playing in the house, even from the earliest times I can remember. I remember being uh, in an apartment on Forest Avenue when I was like three years old. And I remember hmm. the first time my father put those big 1970s headphones right. on my head because he would always have them on. And, you know, I never really knew what was going on. And he put it on my head and I was just like, OK, now I get it. This is it. And then so just music is always, you know, my dad is a big music fan, had a had a pretty nice record collection, you know, Coltrane, everything Coltrane. Wow. He had the Rolling Stones. He had. I think he even had a little Bowie, James Brown, Thelonious Monk. So, you know, just kind of listening to him, listening to records, and when he'd be with his friends talking about music, I grew up with the notion that music is something you talk about. Hmm. That you just, it's just not there. It's just not, you know, the songs you sing in elementary school, you know, or just, the, you know, it, it's more than just songs. It's a thing, mm. you know. And I didn't have the vocabulary for it back then, but that's... Uh, I grew up with it, you know, just always on in the house. It's public. It's a way to communicate and engage and be with other people. Yeah, absolutely. I remember my father and his friends talking about, you know, jazz musicians mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, just talking about the way they play and, and not understanding a word <laughs> of what they were saying, but just saw how they were really into it. And I was like, they're not just hearing these songs. 
they're yeah. you know they're 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 interacting with a way that uh that's important wow and i I imagine that's something you've taught your own daughter, which yeah, absolutely. we'll get into maybe later in the sure. show, too. Yeah, absolutely. So should we kick it off with the first song on your list? Yeah, why not? I, I chose uh, ABC by the Jackson 5 because I think this is the first time I was actually able to grasp um, the melody, uh, the, the full melody of a pop song, mm-hmm. or grasp the, the interactive nature of it while I watched my mom and dad sing along and even grandparents <laughs> kind of sing along and saw that unifying thing. And it was just, I remember that that album cover, that Jackson 5 album yeah. cover is just one of my earliest, probably one of the first records I held in my hand was that uh, particular album. And ABC, and it's just a great song. It is a great song and yep. a great way to kick the show off. So Absolutely. thank you so much. And with that, we have ABC by the Jackson 5. great song absolutely absolutely one of the best 
Thanks for for hitting that off. So you said you remember the album cover. Yeah, of the, it. the the five of them on their their dashikis and their <laughs> afros on the. It was like a. I think at the time it was like a greatest hits, you know, album. Right. It was like a blue cover with the Motown logo. Nice. And yeah, I remember it clear as day. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably still at my my parents' house. It's probably still there. It's awesome. It's and and you know you look at albums or you think about albums and then you think about the progression of of an artist like Michael Jackson starting out from with I mean such. Um, a prodigy, and yeah. then growing into an artist. It's a giant. Is it, yeah, yeah, yeah just, it's just a wide. whole other thing. That's why I, I, I thought about doing ABC, and I was like, man, this is, this is so. This is kind of pat, isn't it? But <laughs> you know, but that's just—it's a testament to you know how many years and how many decades and generations right. that music goes back, and how even then it was multi generational. Right. Everybody loved yep. that song. It yeah. was just, you know, and, and it didn't matter how old you were, you right. know, or race or anything like that. It yep. was just it was that big. So I just said, you know what? I know it's it's a little pat. we I I promise everybody we'll get into <laughs> some, some juicier stuff <laughs> exactly. musically as we move on. It's but that big. I mean but that's I mean you can't argue with that. I, I agree and I'm so glad you started with it. So thank you. So why don't we we're gonna shift gears a little bit sure. now, listeners, um to a song that when I saw it on the list, I was like, what is this about? So tell me about the song. Well, so in the third grade, I remember uh, a friend of mine named Bradley. Uh, he had this T-shirt on and it was these four guys on there with makeup, playing guitar. And, you know, it was just, you know, and I had no idea what it was, but he was like the first Kiss fan I ever met was like the third grade. This is when I was living in Warminster. Okay. And I actually grew up in Doylestown. So I okay. lived, grew up in the suburbs. So a lot of kids were listening to that back in the 70s and 80s. Right. Um, then I saw them again on the Paul Lynn show. Nice. The Halloween special. I don't know if you remember that. It was the first I, time I saw they were brought out. I think that was like their first big television performance. And I was like, oh, man, these guys are great. Um, the and they're in their makeup. It's Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were just, and they were so, you know, they were so, they were kind of intimidating. Yeah. And they were tall, or at least because they had platform shoes on. You know, and then they could play. Like you get yeah. on there, and it's like, oh wait, they're an actual band. They're just not up right. here just blowing stuff behind up behind the makeup. Yeah, there. they could actually He's play. Good. And I, yeah. you know, I think I became a Kiss fan like probably from that moment. All right. Um, and so I just picked it. You know, I was like any Kiss song, but I, you know, I picked Detroit Rock City, which is considered one of their classics. Mm-hmm. It's got the great guitar solo in there. Yep. It's got Paul Stanley singing, who I still think is, uh, you know, one of the one of. The, uh, a surprisingly good singer. Like, I think underrated as a singer. Yeah. He had a pretty soulful voice. Him and uh, Peter Chris. And Peter Chris, the yeah, drummer, the drummer, who also influenced you then to take the drums Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, effect? absolutely. Seeing him with that big drum set, you know, and yeah. we'll talk a little bit more about that yeah. in a second. But, yeah, uh, the big, you know, huge drum kit and the drum solos. Yeah, absolutely. I so want to be thing. this guy. Yeah. Yeah. With, I with mean, the makeup or without the makeup? Well, you know, when it's in this fifth grade, sure, with the makeup. But yeah, <laughs> but you know, you, even as you grow out of it, you know, you appreciate, yeah. you know, musicianship. And these guys were musicians, you know, beyond all the other stuff. And Detroit Rock City was just one of their, one of their classics. For sure. All right. Well, we are now going to play Kiss, uh, Detroit Rock City. Here we go.
saying wow um that's caffeine for you i know like you just you like when you like get up like of course you have to you cannot sit still with with that music in your head yeah no it was a that was a great record yeah 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 i'm I'm trying to think if that's my favorite kiss record i don't know if it's my favorite but it's it's emblematic yeah you know of 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 kind of what they were about and how they how they hit the scene right so we now have a different band um still yes. sort of on the i guess i would say rock yeah definitely a rock metal band. Yeah. um canadian yeah hard rock hard rock yeah. from canada yep. um tell me about this song rush. Yeah, yeah so rush. tom sawyer yeah, is still rush guys still one of my favorite songs sometimes when i play you know well when i'm not playing more kind of mainstream events if i'm not if i'm in public playing but what if i'm doing like a a picnic or something mm-hmm. i i like to sneak this in um because it's just got it's got a groove to it yeah uh, the the drum groove. So as as I mentioned, I played drums uh, through high school. And when I was in school, when I was learning how to play, you know, Neil Peart was one of the gold standards. You had like Keith Moon mm-hmm. and Neil Peart. Mm-hmm. It was like those two uh, that you talked about. Maybe a little John Bonham for the people who were really getting deep into it from Led Zeppelin. But uh, Neil Peart was just like he was speed personified. He had a huge drum set, which was like a status symbol. I had a, I, I never made it past a five piece <laughs> and I never, and I barely mastered that. But, uh, you know, he had the, like the 30 piece drum wow. kit, uh, with the double bass drum and all that kind of stuff. And he was just amazing as a drummer and still is, uh, if you see some of his more recent footage, like he can still really, yeah, really right. play. And, uh, just a great musician. All of them were great musicians, but this was just one of my favorite songs. This was one, probably the, I guess it's probably their biggest hit. Uh, I was never a follower of the band as much as other people were, but this song and Neil Peart in particular, I used to really admire. And this song, great. again, just a uh, just a great song to me that I still play in DJ sets sometimes. Yes. Now. So, what, what's the audience reaction when you? You know, it's funny. You know, on? yeah. So I, you know, most people. Some people will stop and just kind of nod, like, uh-huh. "Okay, I see what you're doing there." I, you know, I see. You know, most people are depending on where you play it. Yeah. You know, I can't do it if I'm playing my sister's wedding. It's probably not going to go well. <laughs> but if I'm doing, uh, you know, if I'm out doing kind of a festival type of thing, yeah. And I'm playing something in that BPM, that that beats per minute range, and I sneak it in, people are like, "Oh, okay." Okay. And then you can slide in a little ACDC back and black. You slide in a little John Cougar Mellencamp. You know, you could do stuff like that because right. these are all songs that were driven as much by bass line and drum beat as anything else. So if you're in that kind of dance mode, people don't, you know, people will go with you to an extent, <laughs> <laughs> to an extent. But yeah, this is when I sneak in. All right. So with that, uh, we're going to listen to Tom Sawyer rush. Never quiet the 
Fade it out. Say goodbye to Rush. Um, yeah. People who are not in the studio, so there are only three of us in the studio, could not see George during that song playing the drums. Yeah, uh, I said the drum work in there is just incredible. Like even the stuff that's where he's not, where it's not a featured part. Even the stuff he's playing just in the background. If you play drums or you listen, I mean, just ridiculous. Genius. Just ridiculous. Just precise. Yeah, I always like that. Him. Uh, I'm a big fan of Stuart Copeland from The Police, too. He was, oh, right. he, to me, he, he had a lot of that, just that technical flawlessness that I was never even able to imitate, much less uh, come close to. And there's a control to it, even as they look, I mean, they look like they're just Sure, flying, like they're just wailing around. Right, yeah. but it is so controlled. Right, and, and if you so know what you're listening for, you, you, you hear it and you're just like, wow, like, how did he do that? Yeah. How, how, does, how, how does he do that? And then jump right back into the beat without, you know, without taking some kind of extra pause or, right. or, or seconds. So, yep, that's one of my favorite songs. It's, it's, yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. So the next one, um, I'm going to remind people uh, right now, we are listening, um, we, we're listening to Life Grooves on G-Town Radio, and George Jackson is my guest today. And so far we've heard some great songs, and we're about to, we're going to go into some more amazing songs. So um, 
the next one, you're shifting a little bit. So you're getting older. Um, music yeah, is changing. Yeah. Um, and you, somebody in your family said. Um, yeah. So my yeah my, my my aunt Betty actually bought me my very first rap record. Now I'd heard rap because you know uh, even though I grew up in the suburbs, we used to spend a lot of time in Philadelphia visiting cousins and grandparents, and they would come to our house, and of course they would bring their music and they would play it. So. You know, I, I was familiar with some of the rap that was on the radio at the time, uh, the early, you know, the mm-hmm. early stuff. And it, you know, I heard it and I was like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I like that. That's, you know, that's, yeah, that's cool. Fine. It's fun. Right. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. And uh, but this was probably the first time where I was like, yeah, I'm going to listen to this. And I, I think I played this record when she got when I got it home because she was like, yeah, you should you should listen to this. This is really cool. And I was like, OK, you know, thanks. I give it a thanks, thanks Aunt, Aunt Betty. Betty. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Aunt Betty. Sure. <laughs> And I took it home and I was like, let me put it on. And just, I was just like, oh, wow, this guy's on. This is another level because this um, was much more uh, to me a display, not so much of lyricism because you didn't have a lot of really too many high end lyricists Mm -hmm. at that point in time. I think she gave me this record, I want to say in like 80 or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but, but his, his breath control. And the way he was just able to rap for like uh, like 15 minutes straight yeah. just made the maestro one of the most. And it's still kind of it's considered like a Philly hip hop classic, even though he's not from Philly. There's a part is a song that they played in Philly a lot of times. Okay. Uh, he was almost like a vocal percussionist. It's almost like he's using the words as an instrument right. to just kind of keep up along with the beat. And it was the display uh, itself. And the music, you know, had a nice groove. You know, the tempo was just perfect. He, mm-hmm. And he was right in that pocket. Never lost beat. Never even seemed to really take a deep breath. Um, and so this is probably the this was the first rap record that I owned and really just kind of studied uh, and, and, and really got into. Uh, it wasn't quite the record that made me a full time uh, hip hop head. We'll talk about that <laughs> in just a little bit. But this was the record that turned me on to say, you know what, this is a craft. Yeah. And this guy, whoever's on the mic here, R.C. LaRock, I think is his name, R.C. is mastering yeah. this craft. So. This is so, so the maestro, and unfortunately, we just given it is a long Can't song, play the whole thing. nine no, nine minutes yeah. twenty two seconds. So <laughs> for those of you listening at home, download the maestro by um, with RC LaRock and um, yeah, not to mention ratings. nine minutes twenty two seconds long, and, and the song fades it, out, and he's still rapping. Yeah, he this well, we, I feel like we got to <laughs> yeah. play it so yeah, people know absolutely. what we're talking about. All right, here you go, Philadelphia. See now everybody around the nation I'm gonna give you some inspiration Some inspiration and stimulation Cause I have to fulfill my obligation To set you on a little vacation But you don't need a reservation Cause now I need your cooperation Without a no a hesitation Cause I got to keep my reputation See I go by the name of R.C. LaRock I rock your body around the clock I like a ticket, ticket, tock, ticket, tick, tick, tock A ticket, ticket, tock around the clock And I'm coming at you with the future shock I got more Rhymes, Dan Wall Street. I got stock, y'all. Uh, yes, I do, y'all. You see, now when I rock, I make your ears explode. Now I'ma take your mind. In the next episode, now I was walking down the yellow brick road, and on the rock was our ugly toesy. I looked at him and began to run. I ran into a, a lot of girl, then I turned around, cause I was on the go. I bumped into a, a scarecrow, then 
when I ran as fast as I can, and I was stopped up by a, a ten man. Then I asked for which a way to go. They just stared at me, cause they didn't know that we start to shiver, we start to shake. We didn't know which a road to take. And then the line had a itch and began to twitch. The toe turned in into a witch. She was a big, a bad, and the ugliest can be. I ran fast and amazingly, then I leaped in the air to such a degree that I opened my head. All right, we're back on the air. We're going to listen to the mic show in the background, but George is talking to me right now about some DJing. Um, well, I just right, so I was first. saying that, you know, this is one of those records where, you know, the trend now, you know, the trend for the last probably 10, 15 years is that if you go out to parties where people are DJing, people don't play much of the song anymore. Mm-hmm. People's attention spans, even on the dance floor, don't want to hear much past the first verse. So with the song like this, it's, it's difficult because people like it. But after a certain point, it's, uh, you know, people are waiting for you to switch the record. Right. Now, back in the day oh. when DJs used to blend, they used to blend whole songs and people would just keep on dancing. But, like, you know, attention spans have gotten really short, I'd say, over the past, like, really? 50, yeah, past 15, <laughs> 20 years. I remember, I, that. I feel like New York DJs ruined it. I always say oh. that, you know, New York DJs, you know, with the great DJs like Kid Capri, you know, they come on, they play like 10 seconds of a song and then it's on to the next song. And it's just, you know, it's just that style. And when I first heard that, I was like, What's this nonsense? Play yeah. the record. Right. But right. now that's how you, even 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 me when I listen to DJs, I'm like, man, you've been playing this for a while. <laughs> you know, so even my attention span's it been does. worn down a little bit, which is why like a song like The Maestro doesn't get brought out I think yeah. as much as it used to because you got to wait all the way to like 4 minutes in right. before you get the thing and 4 minutes is an eternity on the dance floor yeah. anymore for for one song to be on so unless it's some kind of line dance or something that people are all you know doing the dance yeah. so but this was uh the song that uh you know really uh, started to get me into in, into music. rap music so all right well we're going to we're going to fade it down um cuz we only have an hour so sure. we're going to fade this out <laughs> and we're going to move into the next song um which sort of Again, moves a little bit forward in time, um, but continues with hip hop. So, we'll talk, talk yeah, to absolutely. This. So, the message, uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, was the first. Uh, at, when I came back from the trip to New York, where I first heard the message, there was nothing but rap after that for me, probably for about three years, um, and and it was the message that really did it. Um, you know. The, you know, people know about the record and they know yeah. about its Im- importance in, in, in kind of the annals of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say it's the most important record in hip hop history. I think some people say it might be Fight the Power. It's between one of those two in terms of importance. So why, when you say important, t- tell me why, why. Well, for rap music, because yeah. rap music is now, you know, it, rap music is, is it, this got people's attention as rap being a cultural force mm-hmm. and, and, and something that, that can really get a message across mm-hmm. in ways that other music, even some of the, the folk music of, and, and R&B music of the mm-hmm. 60s, the Marvin Gaye, didn't hit you on that visceral level. Right. Because through rap, you know, the, the, the MCs were, the, these guys are telling a story mm-hmm. and telling it in a vernacular yeah. that everybody could understand and pick up on and realize. And, you know, if you've read the history of it, you know, the, people will say, hey, I don't know. If people want to hear this, you, you know, we're bringing, do, we, do they want to bring their troubles to the dance floor right, kind of thing? Right. But this record was huge precisely because um, of that. And it was at this point that you started having conversations about rap where people would be like, well, I like it if it has a message. And, you mm-hmm. know, people, rap is probably the most heavily scrutinized for content. Mm-hmm. You know, you can sing about anything. 
you know, a heavy metal group can sing about absolutely anything. And it's like, ah, it's rock and roll, you know, go ahead and do it. But rap is scrutinized for content by, by black people and white people mm-hmm. so much. Price, precisely, I think, because of records like The Message, the show, wow, you can really tell a story. You can really get out a message. Um, and it's also got the best verse in rap history. It does. Uh, and that's the verse yeah. we're going to play. Because, again, this is a, a, a long, um, a yeah. long song, yeah. um, clocking in, I think, over six minutes. And, yeah. unfortunately, we don't have time for the full thing. So we're going to um, listen to the last verse and then that fine that fade out which um oh the interaction with the police with the police which you know you sort of think about what was going on then but you know because this was 83 83 83 and and giving um giving voice to that in a in a you know a very public way on a on a big record um and that they chose to put that at the end of this this song yeah it's pretty powerful all right, it's the uh, Grandmaster, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five with the message, the last verse. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. A child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God is smiling on you, but he's frowning too, because only God knows what you'll go through. You'll grow in the ghetto, living second rate, and your eyes will sing a song of deep hate. The places you play and where you stay looks like one great big alleyway. You'll admire all the number book takers, thugs, pimps, and pushers, and the big money makers. Driving big cars, spending 20s and 10s, and you want to grow up to be just like them. <laughs> Smugglers, scramblers, birds. Burglars, gamblers, pickpocket peddlers, even panhandlers. You say, I'm cool, I'm no fool, but then you wind up dropping out of high school. Now you're unemployed, all non-void, walking around like your pretty boy Floyd. Turn stick up, kid, but look what you done did. Got sent up for an eight-year bid. Now your manhood is took and you're a make tag. Spend the next two years as an undercover fag being used in the Served like hell to one day you was found hung dead in the cell. It was plain to see that your life was lost. You was cold and your body swung back and forth. But now your eyes sing the sad, sad song of how you live so fast and die so young. So don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> Yo, Mel, you see that girl, man? Yeah, man. Yo, that sound like cowboy, man. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you speechless. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a, it, yeah, like no. It, it, New York was 
in in many ways an extremely different city back in 83 yeah. right i mean but you know in a there's the, that little snippet at the end reminds you just of how you know things haven't changed in a lot of uh in a lot of communities so right. um but yeah just from a pure rap fan's perspective that verse is like to me it's perfect it's mm-hmm. poetry mm-hmm. you know you know uh God is smiling on you, but he's frowning too, because only God knows what you'll go through. Like just the the turn of phrase on that, you know, on that that line. And, uh, you know, there's just a you know, there's a poetry to it. It actually is not the first time that he used that verse. He actually used that verse in a a Grandmaster Flash record called Super Rapping. But that record, you want to talk about long. Like that was a long uh, lyrical exercise. And he does do a lot of that verse. On super rapping, but it it it, it was much more up tempo, and it was a very up tempo record, and it was it was a very much a party record. Okay, and so it wasn't slowed so, down like that. That that beat was yeah. a big part of the success too. Those right. swirling yes. synthesizers that slowed right. down beat, and you could really get into and hear. You know, it really picked the vibe of the song. You know, it really it really picked up on that that grittiness and that yeah, you know that New York. It sounded like New York in 1983. It, you know, it really does. So. Um, but the the verse is actually one that he's done before. And Melly Mel is, uh, you know, responsible in many ways. He doesn't get the credit he deserves as being one of the greatest of all time. There was no such thing before people like Melly Mel were rapping. Bar structure wasn't a thing. Hmm. You know, Melly Mel understood bar structure, verse. You know, right. now he wasn't just up there just rhyming words. So we listened to the maestro. That wasn't really bar structure. Mm-hmm. That was just somebody that up there just, just talking free. to the beat. Yeah. Very free. And that's what a lot of rap was mm-hmm. uh, back then. Melly Mel honed it into actual verse. Plus, he had that great voice, you know, and he used to do that yeah. grunt, that rock, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. Um, yeah, he's one of the greatest of all time. But and probably, you know, I don't do top fives, but he would definitely be in there if mm-hmm. I had to do it. All right, we've got to move on. Reminding our guests, this is uh, Life Grooves. I'm Suzanne B. Miller, and our guest today is George Jackson, and we are moving through his musical encyclopedic mind. That's not a word, but we'll (laughs) we'll use it for for today. Um, All right, so the next one is, is again, another rap song that, um, you know, I heard. Um, So that's sort of saying something as the... um, um, you know, classic rock girl who grew up in upstate New York, um, but run run DMC or the artists, and when they came, and I mean, it, it sort of rap moved into a totally whole different, different phase, and in a yeah. way, it moved back to move forward uh, yeah. because rap had got you know Sugar Hill, which was where Grandmaster Flash mm-hmm. was, kind of dominated the landscape, and you know they used a, a live band, they, you know they had a house band that was very good, right. um, and you know. Rap the Run DMC took it back to kind of the grittier sound of what real rap mm-hmm. was going on in the clubs, which was you know very stripped down. Usually a DJ finding the drum part of a record. Um, now Run DMC started employed the drum machine a lot, so you know it was it was taking it back to the street essence of rap, but which ultimately became what rap would be known for. And the bravado and the street yeah. uh, aesthetic of rap is what you know people associated with it. Uh, for a long time till very recently you know i think that's changed a little bit uh but run dmc you know it was the one of the vanguards uh, uh, of modern rap and this was just a song i just love this song i just like yeah. the way it just it moved and you know uh 
one of my favorite groups, of and, course. And spoke, I think, to another generation of of sort of kids. You know, well, we were about the same age. You yeah. know, we're in our twenties, and it was when I was moved, had moved to New York, and um, this song and and others by Run DMC, and yeah. we were coming out of cars. Yeah, and this song, yeah, this, yeah, and this song was just so different from even what what most rap was back yeah. then because it was just so hard and just so yeah. punctuated and you know didn't have a lot of uh, lyrical pyrotechnics or tricks. It was just right. very straightforward. Right. Okay. Here we go. This is a song. It's like that by Run DMC. I hate doing that, but we are uh, we're getting short on time, George. So we're gonna have to skip through. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I got I have all these songs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go play them when I get home. There with you it. go. Yeah. Well, I've been listening to them all week. Yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna go back so and listen fun. to the Maestro. Uh, I can't, yeah, I can't wait to get back and listen to that. It's great. So the next one, um, the the cha- music's changing a little bit for you. So yeah, tell I mean, me about I'm, that. yeah, I'm, it, it's broadening. I went to Trenton State College, which mm-hmm. is now College of New Jersey. And when I got there, you know, coming listening to Philly radio all this time, you know, I'm I'm straight rap. You know, it's yeah. straight, you know, I'm straight hip hop. I come in, and the first party I go to, and everything's, <laughs> You're like, what? and I'm like, New Jersey. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, it was cool. I was like, oh, I like this. But then an hour went by, <laughs> and, and, and I was just like, all right. Then two hours went right. by, and finally I was like, I'm going to have a talk with the DJ, the guy who actually eventually taught me how to DJ. Okay. And I was like, you got any rap? He's like, oh, yeah, I got like three crates of it back here. That's, when, like, rack, that's when DJs had crates, kids. Right. Um, and, and, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I got it. He was like, but I can't put it on. If I put it on, he's like, people will be back here, you know, knocking my turntables over. They don't want to hear that here. The thing huh. then, and somebody came up from behind, and one of his friends, and nobody, nobody wanted to hear oh, hip hop. Right. You know, all they right. wanted to hear was, was house music, which in Jersey at the time they called it club. Okay. They wanted to hear that club. So, you know, I, it took me a minute to get over that, but it taught me a lot about regionality uh, in music, and, mm-hmm. and, and it, it helped me be open. So, like, when Southern hip hop started coming in, West Coast hip hop mm-hmm. and different music started coming in, I was like, oh, well, that's what they listen to out there. Let me try to get into it. Right. And it's not until you're around people who can appreciate the form. That, that's what you really need to do. If you're ever having difficulty with something new, go someplace where people are vibing to it, mm-hmm. where you can listen to it on a big, big speakers, mm-hmm. big sound system, and watch how they vibe to it. That's how I learned to appreciate kind of the Southern hip-hop out of Atlanta years ago. I didn't really care for it until I was in Atlanta, right. and they were playing it at a club, and I'm watching the people move, and I'm like, no, I get it. I got it now. And so... Um, 
Dance Mother, which is the song we're going to hear next, yeah. is the song. I remember being at a party at Phelps Hall where they used to have all the parties, and this guy, DJ Wiz, had these huge speakers. And he put this on, and I watched the crowd just lose it. And from then on, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this house I music is the thing. Yeah. All right. And that's when I started learning the DJ. So we're now going to listen to a snippet of uh, Dance You Mother, yep. uh, Michael, Michael Dunn. Dunn. Here we go. That's one of those peak of the party records. Like that's one of the ones you put on in the middle of the party when everybody's got their energy up, and then that that drum beat Coming. just comes hear. in and it just gets everybody just moving. First time I heard it, I was hooked. That's still it. That might be my favorite house music record, and it's probably not what most people consider to be the most uh, emblematic of house music. That would probably be something like house music or <laughs> or uh, Devotion by Ten City or something like that. Uh, but for you. me, this was the record. And this is when I was like, I want to learn how to DJ. Yeah. You know, and that's where I started learning. I had uh, the guy who I met in college. Like. Yeah, he taught me the he taught me the basics. And then I, over the years, I, you know, on and off, you know, kind of picked it, picked it up. So we're now moving into the 90s. Yeah. Um, and this next song um, is by Ben. Actually, I have to admit, I've, I had not heard this of this artist oh organized confusion yeah yeah Farrell Monch you may have heard of was half of organized confusion okay. uh Farrell Monch and Prince Prince Poetic um uh, incredible lyricists it's in the 90s song. yeah they were incredible uh Farrell Monch is still incredible he's one of the you know a lot of people you know rap heads will put him up there as like one of the best ever like he's he's just a, a word surgeon Eminem is mm-hmm. will say he's influenced by Farrell mm-hmm. Monch so it's a it's a and this record, I picked it just because, you know, in the 90s, you know, we're getting into a lot of different things. Rap was, you know, a lot of people call that the golden age of mm-hmm. rap. Rap had a lot of variety to it. Uh, there were a lot of different sounds. Um, and one of those sounds was kind of a lean towards Afrocentri- Afrocentrism and mm-hmm. kind of uh, pride in being black. And um, this is, you know, when a lot of people in college, when I was in college, started having these kind of political awakenings and these... And the music of the time reflected that, of course, Public Enemy, uh, X-Clan, and groups like that. Everybody, even people who weren't necessarily conscious rappers, had at least one kind of conscious song on their album back then. They also also had at least one hip-house song, one house music song on their album in the 90s. So I kind of looked at this as um, reflective of Mm -hmm. of that time. It by no means covers the basis. And Tribe Called Quest, you would probably have to say, is one of the forerunners but i chose this because i just like it so much it's it's a great song it's called um walk into the sun and for those following at home it's the remix version this is of, the remix of walk so into the sun there are two versions as the originals I as I was yeah the originals doing. incredible but yeah, yeah this is, is yeah this, but, this, but this is beautiful this to me is just okay. fun yeah all right so walk into the sun organized confusion 
balls of man. It's kind of sunny, so I'm sliding on the down low. Waiting for Devon to come around so we can be out. Gather a caravan of honey to the beach. Two rubbing my toes in the sand. Ready to motivate. Lace up the boots real tight. Pants are sagging. We're hanging all night. But I got to get a bite to eat. Because I be needing nourishment to move my feet. Now it's about time that we round up the herd. So I can get lifted. Word. You got the weed and weed. Yes, I'm ready to get elevated. Never hesitated to round up the herd for a night of excitement. Tight to Where I flip it in the summer, I pump the drummer up so I can kick it. Represent organizers, I walk into the sun, and that's how it went. that out uh, as Classic. well. I know, which I feel like we need two hours to do all Yeah, we should have more properly. time. To, it was hard but trimming down my list. I, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody's having that yeah, problem, yeah. problem. No, if you love music, Sorry. it's just hard to... I know. But I always say, I've said to um, people, we can, you can always come back. Oh, And then I'll we'll play back. even yeah. more music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next song, um, we have to give a shout out to your wife. Yes. Um, who is an amazing woman. Um, yes. You, yes, you know is. that better than I do, but I've yep. had the pleasure of working with her um, on some projects, and she's terrific. Um, and this song, you said, was on your wedding soundtrack. So tell it me is. a little bit about it. This was like, uh, so, you know, my wife and I, uh, have we've been married for maybe 20 years in June. Congratulations. Thank you. And it'll at least 26 years, I think, we, we met in 92. Okay. So uh, this was probably like one of our first, I mean, there were, you know, there were many, you know, songs that we liked mutually. Um, you know, Stevie Wonder, uh, All I Do Is, is It Comes to Mind. Mm-hmm. But this was probably this, like a song, we used to just sing it all the time when it was out. And it was, it was just a very popular record at the time, too, in the clubs. You yeah. know, it was a very popular party record. Uh, Gangstar with the mm-hmm. late guru and Nice and Smooth, who were just another underrated rap group to me. You know, they weren't the... You know, they weren't the lyricists that we, you know, that we come to. They, they weren't Nas by right. any stretch of the imagination right. or Wu-Tang. But uh, they just used to do these routines and they just, the way they fed off each other, their energy was great. Um, and this was just uh, a popular song, but it always makes me think of my wife because we used to, I just remember being like, just, I remember being in, for some reason, being in Baltimore one time riding paddle boats. And I remember <laughs> us singing that, Greg, nah, Greg. And so it's just, it's just it's a song that just kind of coincides. It's part of the story, part of the narrative, you know, and definitely it's on the way. It was on the wedding soundtrack. And you, can, you tell her and you embarrass your, your daughter. Huh? You know yeah. what? You know, we don't, do like this, we don't do this song that, you know, I don't know if, if she's even heard it. Oh, you know? well, yeah. maybe she's listening. And, and I doubt it. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you want to hear dad talking about his music. Right. She gets enough of that in the car. All right, so um, you you say the title because I know I'm it's a uh, Dwick. It. There we go. Yep, and um, by Gangstar. Yep. There you go. 
We are uh, unfortunately going to have to fade that one out. Absolutely. Actually, but I just, running... It is like you say butter, I say parquet. It's like yeah, no, it's still one of the most like one of the most oft quoted records, you know, in, in hip hop. If you've ever watched the show uh, Luke Cage on Netflix, no. the Luke Cage uh, superhero show on okay. Netflix, every episode is the, every episode is titled the name of a Gangstar record. Ah. And this is one of them. There's an episode called DeWick. All right. I don't know why it's called DeWick, but it's <laughs> it called, is. but it's called DeWick. And they okay. actually, uh, there's a, there's a line in the, in there sometimes where somebody na- references lemonade was a popular drink, you know, and somebody, and somebody and chimes still. in and says, it still is, you know? Nice. So, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those stand of the test of time, classic, just hip hop records. It's fun. It is. It's a good one. Um, so we have a quick intro to the next one, um, Killing Time by um, Odyssey. Sure. And then we're going we're gonna to have to move through that quickly because I really want to get to the last song. Yep. But. DC artist, basically, I've discovered him while I was living in DC. He's mm-hmm. from DC. Uh, extremely talented producer uh, and lyricist. Uh, and I just, one of those things where when I was in DC, I saw him at a show and I was just like, man, this guy's great. Like, you know, a lot of times when you see somebody, you see an opening act for the first time, you just want them to get off. Right. You know, but I'm listening to him perform and I'm like, wow, this guy, I mean, this guy's got some real talent and something yeah. to say, so too. So I definitely recognize, uh, recommend this album, Tangible Dream. It's, let's listen to a little bit of it. Sure. Yeah. No. I Odyssey's doing that, but Odyssey's really talented. Uh, his his I can't remember the latest album, The Iceberg. I think it's his new album. Uh, just reminds me of DC. Yeah. He's got a very DC style. The way he talks. Uh, his, his whole thing about Georgetown and yeah. going to see a movie, and I mean, he's moving around the yeah, city. Yeah, his phraseology and, and things yeah. like that, and, and you know, he's, he's even got a little. He's even got a go-go record on his new album too, which is you know, the, very much the sound of DC. Right. So every time I just hear Odyssey, I just think about you know, I that lived time. in DC for 13 years, so and loved it. So you know, he's definitely one of the cool parts of DC. So this next song. Um, Tell me, tell me about it. And, and it's a great song. It is a you know, great song, so, but you know, also your life and your sure. Your, so you know, you're the you, age when you have a teenage daughter, and yep. you at some point you're going to get exposed to their music, and you're going to hate it. And <laughs> which I, 
I did for a long time, and I still do on a lot of the stuff that she likes, and you know, and that's just you know, just it's not for everybody. Right. Um, but you know, there are points at which we can agree on, mm-hmm. you know, and this song is one of those points. This is like our whole, like our family's favorite song. Like we'll sit in the driveway and wait for it to go off before we go into the house, all three of us, you know. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing is, again, it's a reminder that, you know, like music does transcend generations. Yep. And this is a song that, that definitely does that. Um, it's anthemic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a lot of ways. It's technically brilliant. Yep. You know, it's got a great beat. You know, my daughter likes it. She, she's a huge Kendrick fan. Um, We're talking about Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, Lamar, everybody. And All Right. Yeah, she's a huge yeah. Kendrick fan. And, you know, you, you got to use these opportunities where you where you see the commonality yep. to understand for her to tell me why she likes something else that I may not appreciate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And draw it back to that Kendrick beat or I can draw back to his lyricism and his content and say, this is why I don't appreciate that. But I like this. this. Right. And so, you know, you find that you do have a lot more commonality with your kids musically. Yeah. If you just give it a chance and, you know, recognize like just because it doesn't make you want to get up and you know, toe tap doesn't mean it's not good. And just like I have to tell her, just because it's popular and your friends like it doesn't mean it's, it's, it's good either. You know, I say but, all the time, Cheetos are tasty. And Cheetos, I love Cheetos, but Cheetos are not food. Right. And so a lot of the, a lot of the stuff listen, you listen to is like, that's, that's Cheetos. Yeah. Some of it isn't, yeah. you know, and, you know, Drake, Kendrick, I'm yeah. cool with that stuff. That's, but you hear this song like this, and at least for me, I think, okay, I think, I think our kids' generations... They're fine. Got, yeah. They're, they're fine. They're maybe going to even be better than fine, and yeah, they're going to be all right. And I like that you have this thing about, you know, the, the social change message that, exactly. I, that, that I love seeing the kids get into. And yep. so one of the things I do at the PFT when we do rallies is I mm-hmm. provide a lot of the music. Yeah. And this is definitely uh, part of the soundtrack for rallies when we're, we're out there marching on social yeah. justice issues and things like that. And so someone that, said it has become an anthem for oh, like Black Lives Matter. And oh, definitely. Definitely. Movements. I played a Black Lives Matter party a few weeks yeah. ago. And yeah, I mean, just everybody just rushes the floor when you hear it. Well, with that, George, I, we're going to play this important song and brilliant song by Kendrick Lamar. But I want to thank you for being here today. It's thank you for having me. No, this was fun. A, this, it's this been fun. really Need fun. Need another hour. I know. Um, but we, we're going to get kicked out of the studio pretty soon. Okay. So with that, um, we're going to listen to Kendrick Lamar's All Right. And um, we'll see everybody back here in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> All's my life I has to fight All's my life I Hard times like yeah Bad trips like yeah Nazareth I'm f***ed up homie you f***ed up But if God got us then we gon' be alright And when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11, even boom with the bass down. Scheming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. We're pretty Benjamin is the highlight. Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows, 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me, reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a against in silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I know it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I've gone great. 
trying to side my face this all day. Won't you please believe when I say, when you know we've been hurt, been down before. When our pride was low, looking at the world like, where do we go? And we hate Pope Paul, wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. I'm at the preacher's door, my knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright. You a house, you a car, 40 acres and a mule, a piano, a guitar, anything. See, my name is Lucy, I'm your dog. Mother, you can live at the mall. I can see the evil, I can tell it. I know it's illegal, I don't think about it. I deposit every other zero, thinking of my partner. Put the candy, painting on a Rico, digging in my pocket. Ain't a profit big enough to feed you every day. My logic, get another dollar just to keep you in the presence of your Chico. Ah! I don't talk about it, be about it. Every day I seek you. If I got it, then you know you got it. Heaven, I can reach you. Pet dog, pet dog, pet dog, my dog, that's all. Big Chat, I trapped the back for y'all. I rap, I black on tracks, so rest assured. My rights, my wrongs, I write till I'm right with God. When you know we've been hurt, been down before. When our pride was low, looking at the world like, where do we go? And we hate Pope Paul, wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. I'm at the preacher's door, my knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright. in my prayers I remember you was conflicted misusing your influence sometimes I did the same abusing my power full of resentment resentment that turned into a deep depression found myself screaming in the hotel room I didn't want to self-destruct the evils of Lucy was all around me so I went running for answers <laughs> 